Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you want to do one nice thing today, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Kjo86. You can't postpone exams. You can only take exams before the exam session. Um, okay. In our university, we have exam sessions in January and February and June and July and the administration must set the dates for them. Due to COVID, some students weren't able to attend some classes or some exams. So we asked, could you postpone the exams in April? The professors are okay with that. Administration said, you can't postpone exams. You can only take exams during the said exam session or before. The student said, okay, could you set us the exams before the June and July session? Administration said, Yes, what date do you prefer? The student said, April. Dot dot dot. We'll take the exams in April. I think the problem here is nobody's realized how dumb the rigidity is. They're saying the set dates are in January and February or June and July. But the thing is, you can actually take them anytime in between, so they might as well just say, we can schedule them anywhere from January to July. That would solve the whole weird debate. This next story is by Joy Reader Zero. Sign here. Many years ago, a mild compliance, but it worked, so I hope it qualifies. Working in an IT division of DeBiz, the division was inventing itself as it went along, slowly going from mainframe to smarter, smaller boxes, automating all manner of processes. The programmers needed software. The rule was that software must be ordered through the purchasing department, which had sweetheart deals with certain specified providers. If some poor soul needed a compiler, purchasing would go to their designated providers. Six weeks later, the programmer would get a different program, just as good or does the same thing, which was unusable, and the division would get a bill for full sticker price. They wouldn't let us return it either. The division manager, here and after known as that spoiled bully the DM, got really tired of this. It was screwing up his delivery dates. Purchasing would not be moved. This was the way they had always done it. They would only order from approved sources who mostly provided office supplies. If those kickback buddies didn't carry what we needed, then a substitution would be made. Those are the rules. Live with it. Finally, the division manager decided to do his own purchasing and expense it. He handed me a bunch of catalogs that sold software at deep discounts with guaranteed overnight shipping. My mission was to provide our people with the tools they needed, when they needed them, and send the receipts over to purchasing for reimbursement. All very neat, and a bear trap beyond compare. Because DeBiz couldn't be trusted, neither could the division manager, and I was getting airdropped between two divisions at war. Garbage alarm falls, smoking off the wall, and rolls around the floor queeping. How do I pay for the software we need? Use your credit card. Oh heck no, I can't afford it. English translation of this one. The lake is one mile east. Enjoy your swim. Fine, we'll get you a company credit card. And he brings me an application for a company credit card. Sign this, says he. And off he goes to brighten someone else's day. I am a suspicious person. The biz has previously demonstrated it can't be trusted around a glass corner. 
I read every word of the form, which said in dense legalese that I was personally liable for the card's charges. If purchasing decided to retaliate by delaying or refusing reimbursement, I'd be out the money and my credit rating destroyed. In short, it was exactly the same as using my own credit card. Division manager is trying to use my personal savings for company purchases, which DeBiz may refuse to reimburse. This is a little slimy even for DeBiz. Malice ensues. It's a quiet, unassuming malice, but sufficient unto the day. I run through this piece of self-serving viciousness and crossed out every line that preyed on my personal credit and income. I initialed every deletion, then I signed it and sent it back to him and got on with my work. Sure enough, here he comes tromping down the aisle. This is a man who does not like to be thwarted. He splutters in rage. He waves the form around. I ask him, have you actually read that contract? Whatever made you think I would sign it unedited? And he stops. It occurs to him that I can read, spell, write a simple declarative sentence, and learn a software program from its manual in two days from a standing start. The current graduates of the local schools can't. One of the secretaries had just proudly presented her high school graduate to DePiz for employment, and the kid needed a year of private tutoring to qualify as a file clerk. Yes, I'm too smart for his own good. Yes, I'm defying him, but just maybe he shouldn't be creating a situation where I would quit in self-defense and tell HRY. Questions might be asked. Embarrassing questions using ugly words like extortion and attempted a fraud. Also, he really, really wants to do purchasing one in the eye. I have no problem with all that, as long as he's not expecting me to bankroll him. He huffs. Okay, fine. You'll use my business card. This is perfect and what he should have said in the first place. He's too well paid to be inconvenienced and too high ranking to be stiffed. Agreed, I say. I'll keep a spreadsheet of what we buy. I'll show what we pay and what purchasing would have charged us with a total of how much you've saved the division. It should refute any argument that purchasing brings to upper management. Over the next year, I saved our division something over $30,000 on software purchases which was quite a respectable amount back then. The division manager was covered with glory. Purchasing was covered with shame and some less definable substances. My butt was merely covered, which is all I asked. Regardless of where you worked, regardless of how much you hated or liked it, would you ever buy something for the company and put it on your own card? Or would it always just be too much of a risk that you would never do it? Even if it was a place you worked at for a long time and you like the people there, let me know in the comments down below. This next story is by Horny Roo, Chef's Kiss, Grace Tame knocks it out of the park. Australian of the year, Grace Tame being forced to pose with our craphead prime minister. This public meeting is a requirement of the current winner and handing over to the next year's candidate. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has not been kind to her or her cause during the past 12 months. This is the epitome of malicious compliance. Her epic side-eye and lack of photo-op smiles for this man is just class. The whole country is with you, Grace. So if anybody doesn't know, Grace Tame is an advocate for changing laws to help those who have experienced assault, and even was a driving force in changing laws that had previously prohibited her from publicly speaking about their experiences of assault. 
Meanwhile, the Prime Minister has been more or less fumbling abuse allegations made inside around the government, as well as just overall, in the eyes of most people, not been handling things very well. So, when this rule came about that Gray's team had to appear in a photo op next to the Prime Minister, all they had was a side eye, a glare, no smiles, no cordial behavior. They'll show up, but they're not going to put on a fake smile to do it. Our next story is by Sigmund14. Won't change what the parcel can be used for? Okay, pig farm it is. This is happening in Slovenia, in an area which was meant for agricultural use in the past. Through the years, most of the area was rezoned to a residential zone, except for the parcel that this Slovenian lady owns which is still zoned for agricultural use, but is now surrounded by residential area. Lady already put in multiple formal requests to change the zoning of the parcel, but was denied every time. So, now she decided to get all the necessary papers to use the parcel for a pig farm. The word naturally got around, and now the residents are angry and the municipality also doesn't want the pig farm to be there. But since the country decides the zoning, the municipality can't do much except annoy the ministry to change the zoning. The lady probably doesn't really want the pig farm, but unfortunately things in this country, and probably many other countries, only move when a lot of people get angry and things get to the media. The mayor said that the municipality and the ministry are now trying to find some legal act or a decree that would prohibit farms in the residential area, but that might complicate things for the ministry and or some other farmers whose farms are now more or less in the residential area. So it remains to be seen if there will really be a pig farm there or not, but at least the thing started moving, right? Yeah, I mean, what I'm struggling with is when it makes so much sense. Why is the country fighting it? Like it's surrounded by residential, it makes sense to just change this, right? Why are they insisting on, no, it has to be agricultural? It's like, okay, well, then I guess I'll just make everything around it miserable till you can finally do what seems to be the right thing. This next story is by MFAWG. Which one of you magnificent geniuses did this? Today, I'm preparing to load a pallet onto an LTL carrier's 48-foot trailer. The driver unlocks the door, shoots me a funny look and rolls it up. I am greeted by the sight of 18 full-size 48 inches by 40 inches, meticulously arranged on the floor of said trailer. Upon each level pallet is a single 12-pack of some sort of 12-ounce plastic bottled beverage, meticulously shrink-wrapped and labeled as to destination and contents. That's 36 feet of trailer used for 200 single-serving bottles. I look at the driver, and he says, yep, all going to the same place. Sir or ma'am, I salute you. I don't know what weird situation ended up where this truck was filled with huge pallets that only had a single 12-pack upon them. Honestly, I think this is what happens when, like, you find that really obscure item on Amazon and it's listed for, like, $95 when it's normally, like, 5 bucks. If you just go and buy it anyways, I think that's what happens. They have to take this 12-pack of seltzer water, cover it in velvet, put it on a giant single pallet. That thing's arriving in luxury. Our next story is by Dark Moon Rising 69 I complied with doing something dangerous and sued. For context, I'm a very agreeable guy. I'm 6'2", 220 pounds, and used to be in the military. 
I can deal with pain very well and I'm like the Black Knight from Monty Python. When I was in 6th grade, I jumped off a climbing structure and broke my arm. My parents didn't even know about it for a month until they took me to the doctor. They had to break it again and set it. So back to my story, I worked as an electrician and often had to climb up to fix power lines. I am experienced and my boss always likes me. That's until he was replaced by Bob. Bob was a terrible person and bad at his job. One day we went to fix a power line after a huge storm. He forgot the safety equipment, but he said it was fine to go up because I was experienced. I protested, but he said if I didn't do this then I was fired, so up I went. After a few minutes, I slipped and broke both legs and fractured an arm. I said I was fine, it was just pain after all, but when I tried walking, my knee folded the wrong way. At the hospital, I was forced to stay for a few weeks, and as soon as I got out, I sued. I think the amount was around $30,000. Always ensure safety. I hate to break this to OP, but I think they got ripped off. They just about nearly died out there, had some severe injuries, and only got $30,000 for it? They should have gotten $300,000. They should have gotten $3 million for that. I feel bad for OP, but I'm glad they're a sturdy person and they seem to be doing alright. And our final story of the day is by SillyWilly1738. Entitled mother removes my doorknob. She couldn't handle it. My mother is a typical tiger mom, Asian American slang for helicopter parent. One of her many toxic traits was that she demanded access to my room at all times, so my door had no lock. So one morning, when she was snooping around my room as I was asleep, she found my nicotine products. Yeah, yeah, it's bad for you, but this ain't what the story's about, and I never used it in the house. And after an earful, I decided that my privacy would be breached no longer, as I'm no longer a minor. I bring home from my local Home Depot a lock and key doorknob, much to my mom's rage. After a couple of days, I got careless and left my door open as I was eating breakfast to return to the knob being drilled out by a smug old lady. I'm heated at her and myself, but let it go because I had nothing to hide really at this point. Come to find out, she only removed solely the knob and not the inner sliding mechanism that keeps doors closed. This effectively made it a witch to open my door without a really tough skin thumb, pen, etc. So for the following week, she would attempt to enter my room only to fumble with the mechanism and give up. She'd try telling me to let her in, to which I'd respond that she may. The door was unlocked. This also gave me time to set my image up as a good man studying as she walks to get something to pry the door open. After a while, she returned my lock knob since I threw away my lockless knob. A couple lectures later, she now only tries to pin me for trouble outside the comfort of my room. I think it's great that OP got away with this because I think every kid deserves the right to privacy. I think especially once you get older teens and especially above that if you're staying at the house, I think you personally have a right to have a lock on your door. I think parents who demand you can't have a lock on your door are crazy. And if they go beyond that, they're even crazier. I especially despise any parent that takes their kid's door. At some point, you should just do some ridiculous stuff. Maybe they'd stop barging in anyways. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.